Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the Alan Williams Podcast. I hope you've got, you guys have had an incredible weekend and I hope you are keeping well. The weather's been a little bit stormy here to be fair, it hasn't been ideal for about a week now between icy weather and then straight into storms, but I hope you've been keeping safe and well. Sunday evening, my electricity went, I was out for about 24 hours, so I'm a little bit behind this week in terms of work, I'm trying to catch up with everything. It's been a little bit all over the place, but I'm starting to get to grips with it now. I've spent the second half of the week pretty much just chasing my tail and trying to fit everything in and make up for the last day, but we are getting there, we are getting there. I've also been away over the weekend, I was speaking in Newry at the weekend at Tara Grimes live client event which was absolutely awesome by the way well done to Tara for putting on an incredible event I really really enjoyed it it was one of the best events I have done in quite a while the audience were absolutely exceptional so if you were there thank you so much for making me so welcome I absolutely loved the whole day I thought everything about it was insane the audience engagement was absolutely amazing the energy was amazing I had an absolutely amazing time so I really really did enjoy that and it gave me energy for the week ahead a lot of my decisions are based on energy I don't always base things on will it make me more money it will be based on will it give me energy or will it take energy? If I've got more energy, I can always make more money. So this is why I will base a lot of my decisions on energy and how something is going to make me feel. And that event definitely gave me a lot of energy. So I felt really, really good after it. Um, Today, because I'm on a little bit of a roll and I am feeling good, I wanted to speak about some of the things that actually helped me to keep equilibrium in my life, keep my energy at a good place and help me to thrive in business and in life and in my fitness goals as well. One of the first things I'm going to look at probably is the importance of looking after yourself. I work with a lot of high performers and very, very often what I see is when things get difficult for them, when things get really, really busy, the first thing to go is actually their own personal standards. The first thing to go is actually how well they look after themselves. If you want to create a thriving business, if you want to thrive in your career, if you want to thrive in your fitness goals, if you want to be the best version of you in your family life, in your relationships, it starts with looking after yourself. And I've had to learn that the hard way because I've burned myself out many, many times. I'll hold my hands up and say I'm the first person to say that. I am the one who will burn myself out and over, over and over. I have started to learn some of the lessons, but I still do it. Last year, I had burnout again. So it's always an ongoing process. And I think for a lot of us that are high performers, it takes us time to get our head around the fact that we have to slow down and we have to rest and recover. And we have to have... I guess routines in play on a weekly and a daily basis that allow us to maximize our own energy and look after ourselves as best we can, our mental health and our physical health. It's really, really important. I've got a little bit of a morning routine going. I don't know if you guys have morning routines, but it is something I would look at for sure. If you don't, it can make a huge difference to how you're feeling. It can make an absolutely monumental difference really to your health, to your energy, to your overall well-being, to your mental clarity, to how you function on a daily basis. And it's just been a bit of a game changer for me. So I focused very much on how do I create as much energy straight from the get-go in the morning as I can. I don't want to be relying on caffeine and things like that. That's not my buzz at all. I look at when I get up in the morning, I will normally get water into me first thing. So when we wake up in the morning, very, very often we are dehydrated. We lose a lot of water when we sleep with our breathing and so on and so forth. You will walk, wake up sometimes where you are so low on energy, but a lot of people don't realize that it's because they're well on their way to dehydration. So one of the first things I do in the morning is I get a pint of water in. So water is the first thing that goes in. That's not an easy habit if it's something that you're not used to, but it's well worth doing. It will change the game. If you want to become a morning person, start drinking water early in the morning. It'll make a huge, huge difference for you. That's one of my first things. Once I get out of bed, before I even have breakfast, water goes into the system. And it's one of the best things that I have started doing for myself. And it's something I would massively recommend for everybody. When the water is done, I will get my breakfast in. 
and then I will normally get a walk. So I'll try and get a walk because I want to start the day on the right foot. I don't want to jump straight into emails. I don't want to jump straight into social media. I don't want to jump straight into stuff that's going to stress me out. I look at the walk as almost priming myself for the day. It's like when you start a lawnmower. Sometimes you have to you know, try and start it three times before it goes. For me, that's the the walk is the equivalent of that. If I can get out and I'll normally try and get four or 5,000 steps straight off and I'm just clearing my head and I feel so relaxed when I come back and I feel in control and now I'm ready to start work. If I don't do that and I jump straight into work mode, I'm already just firing up cortisol levels. I'm stressed out before I go anywhere. So getting the walk in makes a huge, huge difference for me in the morning. I'll usually try and leave my phone off as well for that walk. Um, occasionally, if I need to do a bit of social media or something, if I'm really tight for time, I might allow the phone in. But normally, I'll try and do it without the phone or I'll just have the phone switched off because I want to gather my thoughts, I want to clear my head, and I want to allow myself to function as well as I possibly can for the day ahead. Another thing I will do as part of my morning routines, and this is not an everyday thing, but it's something I will work in, especially if I'm busy or if I'm finding stress levels starting to rise. And that is a 10 minute meditation. So a very, very short meditation. I wouldn't have been huge on meditation in the past. That's being honest. I never would have been huge on meditation. I would have been one of those people who was quite skeptical of it. I would have been one of those people who said, nah, meditation, I'm sure it's great, but it's just not for me. It's not going to work for me. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try it. Um, over the years, I've really, really done a full U-turn on that. And it's just through practical experience. I kind of turned to it at a time when I was really stressed, when work was a bit chaotic and there was so much going on and I was finding myself getting quite anxious and I was quite stressed. I thought, you know what, let's give this meditation crack another go. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing for me. And I don't do it as much as I should. I know those people who are doing meditations all the time and who are meditation teachers and all of those people, they will tell you it's something you need to do every single day and that's the benefit of it so that it keeps the stress away and you're in control all the time. That probably is the right way to do it. I'm still at the point where I'm not quite there yet. I'm at the point where I'm still just using it when I do find stress levels rising. It may be not the ideal way to use it or the optimal way to use it, but it has helped me absolutely so, so much. It has helped me massively. So that goes into my morning routine. It's actually something I use as well and this might be relevant for people when you find maybe you've got a big meeting coming up or something that is stressing you out or you're very very nervous I used it two weeks ago for a big corporate gig I was doing I was there early and I was out in the car before I went in and I was feeling quite nervous and I was going I need to ground myself here and in that moment I thought why not just do a meditation before I go in because I did have time and it helped so so much so I was in the car doing a meditation before this corporate gig and it brought these stress levels down it brought the anxiety down it put me back in control and I felt so much better walking into that building so that is something that is part of my morning routine another thing that I will do sometimes in the morning but it's usually the evening before is actually journaling journaling is really really powerful if you don't do that it's something I would really strongly recommend I journal normally in the evening time I will try to get everything out of my head after the day's work and it allows me to sleep better as well. So if I can get out of my head what is stressing me, what's on my mind, I can just let the pen go and I can write on that. It's really, really therapeutic. And again, it puts you back in charge and it slows your mind and it really, really, really is powerful. If I don't do it at the end of the workday, if I don't fit it in for whatever reason, it'll go in in the morning. So it'll be part of my morning routine and it'll set me up for the day. And I'll also map out my day ahead as well. So time management is so, so important if you want to be productive and if you want to be in great shape and if you want to run a successful business or drive a successful career, time management is the most critical thing. So 
one of the simplest things I do is as part of my journaling routine, I'll map out what's going to happen the next day. What are the top one to three tasks I need to get done? And then I'll put them into my diary. I will schedule them and I'll map out what the whole day looks like. And again, that clarity calms the brain and calms the mind for me. So going back to the topic of today's podcast, which is the routines that are going to move you forward. Number one for me is looking after yourself. And that is just some of the stuff that goes in there in terms of my morning routine, journaling, meditation, a walk without the phone, a pint of water in the morning. All of those things are really critical and helping me to optimize performance for myself. Also, obviously, I make sure that I'm training and that my nutrition is on point as much as possible. I'm going to hold my hands up and say it hasn't been amazing throughout January because I've been really busy with speaking events. I've been pretty much straight from one into the next, into the next, into the next. So it's been go, go, go. It's been a really busy month in that respect. That hasn't allowed me to be as on point with nutrition and training as I would like. But what I have done is I have kept my minimum standards in play. And I would always come back to minimum standards. If you find that you're the type of person who bends everything off when it gets busy, you need to have a look at that. Think about what the minimum standards are. What's the minimum effective dose right now that would keep you ticking along and moving forward until such time as you can up the game again? Maybe work gets quieter, maybe life gets quieter, and you've got more capacity to do a little bit more. But don't think in terms of non-negotiables, black and white, it has to be done or it doesn't get done. Don't think in terms of extremes. Think in terms of minimum standards. What are the minimum standards I need to get done? So yes, non-negotiables, but the non-negotiables have to be a little bit flexible sometimes. So the non-negotiables, when you're on fire and you're on form, might be five training sessions a week. The non-negotiables, when life is busy and you are really stretched, the non-negotiables might be getting my steps in every day. It might be just that, or it might be even, can I do two sessions a week rather than five? What are the minimum standards for you? Think about how you can implement those. So that's number one, is look after yourself. Number two is keep your personal life and your business separate. If you want to thrive in business and in fitness and in your life, you have to learn how to put those boundaries in place. If they start to bleed into each other, you're never going to be present in either. You're going to be at work and you're going to be thinking about the stuff that has to be done at home. You're going to be at home and you're going to be thinking about work. You're going to be thinking about the emails. You're going to be thinking about the meeting tomorrow. You're going to be scrolling social media. You're going to be on LinkedIn when you probably should be spending quality time with your partner or with your kids. So do your very, very best to create a boundary around those things, to separate them. This is work. This is family life. How can we separate those? We have to be conscious of it. We have to bring awareness to it. Are you good at separating them or are they bleeding into each other? If they are bleeding into each other, that will start to cause resentment over time as well. So if you want to thrive, you have to get good at flicking that switch where you go from work mode into family mode or into fitness mode. What mode do I need to be in right now? And if you're in fitness mode, please be in fitness mode. And this is something I see with parents especially, and I'd probably say more so with mothers, to be fair, where they'll go for their training time, but at the same time, they're worrying about little Johnny. So they're like, I'm just going to make a phone call now back, just check that little Johnny is okay today, that he's gone on, gone on okay at school, and that he's not misbehaving at home, and that dad is in charge now at home, and there's no major issue cropping up. Please, please, please try to train yourself not to do that. Little Johnny will be fine until you get home. When you're in training mode, be in training mode. Take off the mother hat and put on the training hat and go, I'm only here for an hour. I want to come in. I want to have this hour for myself and I want to give it the very best that I can. And then when I come back out, I can switch back into mother mode. So get used to just changing those hats because we all wear different hats. But please, please, please try and be disciplined enough to put boundaries around each area. And Which hat do I need to wear at this moment in time? That's number two. So keep personal life and business separate. And number three is believe in yourself. Believe in yourself in whatever it is that you're trying to do. If you're trying to get in great shape, believe in yourself. If you're trying to grow a business, believe in yourself. If you're trying to build a healthy relationship, believe in yourself. And it's funny because so many of us have these big goals and these big aspirations 
And we actually have proof that we can do because we've achieved extraordinary things in the past. We're all high performers here. We've achieved extraordinary things. We've all done amazing things in some areas of our life, maybe over and over and over. And yet we struggle with self-belief at times. And I can, I can put myself forward here again as the example. I've had imposter syndrome every step along the way of my journey. People will tell me I've built a great business. I know I've built a good business. I know I've done quite well over the last number of years. But I still struggle. I still struggle with self-belief at times. I still struggle with imposter syndrome at times. And every time you take a step up, you're probably going to feel that level of imposter syndrome. And that's not a bad thing. Because the reality is the bigger you think, the more you feel like a failure. That sounds like a strange thing to say, doesn't it? The bigger you think, the more you feel like a failure because you start to realize that there's more levels, there's more levels and there's more levels and I'm not there yet. But it's a good thing because it's actually stretching your horizons and it's stretching your vision and it's leading you to greater heights. If you didn't think big, you would stay playing small forever and you wouldn't even come close to fulfilling your potential. So if at times you feel like you're a little bit out of your depth or you feel a little bit of imposter syndrome kicking in, recognize that it's a good thing. It's because you're stretching yourself. And if you fail, that's okay too. We should be aiming to accumulate more failures. Because if you're failing, it means you're trying. It means you're trying stuff that's hard. It means you're trying stuff that is way beyond the comfort zone for you. The people who have never failed have never tried. I would rather fail than be sitting there in my comfort zone going, yeah, this is great. I'm not I amazing. I'm doing the same thing over and over and over for the rest of my days. That would crack me up. I want to fulfill my potential. I want to stretch myself. And I know a lot of people listening to this will be high achievers. They might be doing amazingly well in business or in their career, but they might have let their fitness fall behind. That's something I see quite a lot. One area will have fallen down. It'll very, very often be the fitness or the health goals. But, and, and what I want you to recognize, because again, you can be looking at that going, I don't really believe in myself to do it. And sometimes it's much, much easier to avoid the difficult thing. So we will almost deflect and we'll throw ourselves into what we are strong at. We'll throw ourselves into work and we will become so, so busy that we don't have time to think about the relationship that's struggling or we don't have time to think about the health that is struggling. We don't have time to think about the gym sessions that we need to put in or the steps that we need to do because it's easier to divert back to what we are comfortable with and what we're strong in and the thing that we do believe in ourselves with and the thing that we feel confident in. But if we can actually, I suppose, recognize firstly that we did achieve something amazing in one area, be that our career, be that in our family life, and we're confident in that area, actually, the same principles apply to getting in shape. Getting in shape is a physiological process. No, it's not. It's a psychological process, probably more than a physiological process. People will say it's a physiological process. Yes, it is. But above all that, for me, it's a psychological process. And it's that mindset that you have used to achieve something in your career that will get you the same achievements in your fitness. It's not that different. It's showing up every day. It's being consistent. It's being disciplined. It's having high personal standards. It's having accountability. It's creating goals, creating a vision. It's getting support around you. It's having somebody there to hold you to those standards. It's the exact same as what you've done to succeed in other areas of your life. It might be just harder because it feels uncomfortable because it's sweaty and it's high heart rate and it's discomfort. And maybe because it's even lower confidence because there's the physical aspect to it that can bring your confidence levels down as well. But I want to say to you today, if you've achieved in other areas of your life, then you should believe in yourself because you absolutely can do it because you've proven that you can do it. What we need to do is take a little bit of that energy from your career or from your business where you have achieved and we need to just divert a little bit of it over to your fitness goals. 
And please don't be afraid to ask for help. I'm sure with your business, you've asked for help. I'm sure you have delegated the stuff that you're not strong with. I'm sure you haven't been able to do everything yourself. And the stuff that you weren't sure about, you reached out and you went to somebody who was an expert in your field. Fitness is the same, guys. You are not qualified to do this yourself. People think, I should be able to do it myself. I should know how to lose weight. I should be able to manage it myself. But they'll waste five years, 10 years, 15 years with this story about how they should be able to do it yourself. Why should you be able to do it yourself? You were never taught how to do it yourself. You didn't go and study this stuff. It's a lot more scientific than a lot of people believe. There is a lot behind it. But it's also having support. It's having accountability. It's having somebody help you with the mindset. It's having somebody hold you to higher standards. So please, if there is one area you're, you're struggling with, and if that is your health, if it's your fitness, if it's your well-being, reach out and ask for help. Because you could be super successful in business, but your money is worth nothing if you don't have your health. And it's very, very difficult to get back the longer it goes. So if you do need help, please ask. Please, please do ask. I have that conviction in myself and work. I've spoken about believing in yourself. I know I'm here to change lives and I am changing lives and I'm going to continue to change lives. That's the conviction I have. That's the self-belief that I have. And I have built that. Of course, there are others in my life where I haven't had as much self-belief. And yes, even to get to that level of self-belief, it has been challenging for me because I have had imposter syndrome along the way. But do you know how I built that belief? By leaning into the difficult thing and by actually doing it. By doing the hard thing, stepping into it time and time again and not backing away from it, not shying away from it, not telling myself stories about why I'm not good enough. Understanding that to build belief, I have to do the hard thing and I have to prove to myself that I can do it. So my message to you today is step into it. Do that difficult thing. Take that first step. Reach out and ask for help. Only by taking those steps and hitting those little milestones will you start to develop that belief more and more and more until it becomes so normal for you that you're as confident in your fitness as you are in your career. So I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. I hope that has helped. Please do get in touch if I can help you with anything at all. I'm only ever messaging away. You can get me on Facebook. You can get me on Instagram. You can get me on LinkedIn. If you do need help, let me know. I would love to help you if at all possible. But even if it's just a little message to say you've enjoyed the podcast or let me know what the biggest takeaway was, I would love to hear from you as well. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. Go and be amazing. I'm going to get back to doing an episode every week if I can. And um, I look forward to speaking to you again next week.